0: This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash podshock. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Podshock Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch, now in the iTunes App Store. Live from Salamanders Records Room, under a disused Yeti, it's Doctor Who, Podshock.
1: That's where we are. That's all that matters. Aye, but where?
2: Yes, Doctor, we must know.
1: Oh, stop fussing, you two. Come on! Come on, you two! Wait a bit. See if there's any buckets and spades in the TARDIS. Buckets and spades? Is he going to dig for worms?
2: No, he wants us
0: to play Sandcastle. Sandcastle? Yes. What is in that we are, a couple of children? The Gala Embassy presents Doctor Who Podshock, episode 298. This is Louis Trapani, and joining me on this magnificent show is the magnificent Dave A.C. Cooper. And I thought you were going to say presented by a couple of children. <laughs> a, couple, <laughs> a couple of kids. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we are in mind. Hiya, Lewis. Yes, yes, and uh, just to remind everyone, Dave is across the the great ocean, which we call the Atlantic, in um, in the UK. So, um, you know, just always to keep in mind there.
3: Yeah, my bucket and spade is over there.
0: <laughs> so, I hope you're well. We're it's uh, middle of March already, so it's spring is. Um, uh, I guess a couple of weeks away, and we're definitely looking forward to it. You had a nice day today, and yesterday we had a nice day. So, um, looking forward to the warmer weather.
3: Absolutely beautiful it's been today. Certainly in my part of the UK. Uh, don't know whether it'll stay. It promised a lot last year and didn't didn't uh, do it. But uh, we're going to promise our listeners quite a lot now, hopefully, and uh, have
0: an interesting show for them. Yeah, yeah. We could go on about the weather, but I guess that people aren't tuning in for the weather report. (laughs) So, but if you're interested, they are predicting snow showers again for next week, but (laughs) let's, let's, let's leave it there. So, uh, what we're going to, if you haven't, um, kind of figured it out from the clip that we just played, we're going to be reviewing another doctor who episode. This one, a classic story from the sixties. It's, um, it's it's one of the stories that were just recently recovered, as far as um, completely recovered. Um, it's a Patrick Trouton story, and the story is the enemy of the world. Something to look forward to is we, we, obviously this was originally, well, I mean originally originally it was it was um, aired in um, starting in December nineteen sixty seven and ran through um, the end of January nineteen sixty eight. But uh, more recently, it was available available via iTunes back in October twenty thirteen. And this, alongside with uh, Web of Fear, so it's great having these two uh, two gems recovered and for our enjoyment. But I, I guess we'll, we'll get more yeah, into two that. Two
3: consecutive,
0: yes. Two consecutive stories as yes. well. Yes. So, but before we go into our review, we still got some news to to tackle. So, uh, before we go any further. Welcome to Doctor Who News. <laughs> Development of the new series with Peter Capaldi is still developing. <laughs> of course, I'm, I'm, I'm sounding redundant here, but uh, what I'm what I'm getting at is that a writer has been confirmed for series eight and that writer is Steve Thompson. Thank you. Yeah, uh,
3: this is uh, information that only came out since our, our last live show. Because of course, you did the um, uh, the wonderful interview uh, of Colin Baker from the past. That uh, listeners that really enjoyed it. By the way, oh, I hope thank you. Uh, yes. the Podshot listeners did. But yeah, uh, this um, I'm reading this from the BBC.co.uk news site, uh, dated Friday, March seventh, as we record on the uh, the twelfth. The man who put Doctor, Doctor aboard the cursed pirate ship and took us to parts of the TARDIS we've never seen before is confirmed as a writer on the forthcoming eighth series of Doctor Who. Uh, Steve Thompson will write as a yet unnamed fifth episode in the series to be shown uh, later in the year.
0: So. so he had he had previously written uh, the Black the Curse of the Black Spot, a 2011 story, which um, which um, was a pirate story. Um, and so that's he, correct,
3: and uh, also journey to the center of the earth. Ah,
0: yes, more recently, yes. So that's something to look forward to. We again, at this point, we don't have a lot of information to offer, but um, just a little nugget there to know that um, that he's back, and um, we don't have an episode title yet. So uh, more on that as um, as it develops. Okay oh uh, so now speaking of of classic doctor who a a a veteran actor is uh marking a uh, centennial. this is um Olaf Pooley, if i'm pronouncing his name right Pooley. Olaf Ola- Olaf i think it is Olaf Pooley. okay which uh for doctor who fans he'll you be remembered as Stallman, um uh stalman Stallman, director Stallman of um, from the Inferno episode, a John Pertley 1970 John Pertwee story.
3: Yeah, uh, and he's one of these unusual people that played uh, uh, two characters, uh, but he was only in one story because uh, he played the alternate Professor yeah. St- Stanley Mallow, whatever the surname is, uh, the bearded professor who was... Uh, in that, um, yeah, and I should say actually, it's the thirteenth. So it's the March thirteenth. He was born nineteen
0: fourteen. So um, yeah, a happy birthday. That's that's um, technically as we record this, it hasn't. You know, he hasn't turned a hundred, but by the time you're listening to this, he would have. Well, it's the thirteenth where I am. Let's put it that way. Yes, <laughs> it's already it's already tomorrow where I am. Well, we're time traveling, so. And D do. So I see he's um I'm just reading a little bit more about him. He's an uncredited writer for the for Life Force, a nineteen eighty-five science fiction film, which um which starred um um Patrick Stewart, from um those that may um may remember that movie. Um mm.
3: and he's also one of the handful of actors to appear both in Star Trek and Doctor Who. Uh, the second oldest living Star Trek actor. After uh, Ellen Bertinelli Dow, and the second oldest living, well, now the oldest living actor, I think, from
0: Doctor Who. So he's he's, uh, an artist as well, so he's been um, um, producing artwork and having it shown, and um, I'm seeing a little, a self portrait, which looks really interesting. So.
3: um, Yeah. And if people are wondering what Star Trek he was in, he was in Star Trek Voyager, the TV series, playing a. A cleric, in blink of an eye, in the year two thousand.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I was I was curious myself. I'll have to take extra note when when seeing that again.
3: Yeah, I mean there, there are all these little crossovers. I mean, some people have, you know, hunt down these facts and nurture them and know them. But well, uh, Daphne Ashbrook yeah, was a um,
0: was in. You know, I think uh, was it Deep Space Nine, Star Trek. He was, she was in. As as well as something else called Doctor Who, but. (laughs) More history of science fiction and Doctor Who, which is a a new um, documentary that's coming on um, BBC as well, I I believe, as well as BBC America. It's uh, called The Real History of Doctor Who, and it covers, um, as the name applies. Oh, real history uh, of science fiction. Yes. Thank you. I I don't mean to be. just focused on do Doctor that. i think i think your idea is good for the fo- for the follow up the sequel
3: will be called <laughs> that
0: it's the real history of science fiction yes thank you dave and um, it's it's narrated by mark gaddis who um, has uh, cred in Doctor Who as well as sherlock as well so um, but it's it seems interesting uh, I haven't seen it yet it's gonna obviously it it hasn't um, it hasn't come to America yet. I know it's it's the date. I think is the nineteenth of April for um, for the U.S. and the the BBC Two hasn't confirmed the transmission date as of yet. But it's a no, yeah, it's, it's a series a, of four, four parts, four episodes, which I'm guessing are Indeed. about an hour yeah. long each or so.
3: Right, and um, the the, um, the uh, as well as the. Uh, from Doctor Who the other alumni that will be in it at some point Stephen Moffat's going to make an appearance um, uh, David Tennant is um, Karen Gillan Neil Gaiman is Karen Gillan so, um, so and obviously from lots of other people Scott uh, baluka there's Bacula that's it Scott yeah. Bacula from Quantum Leap Anthony Daniels from Star Wars uh, Nicole uh, Michelle Nichols Star, uh, Star Trek Peter Weller, RoboCop, uh, you know, um, uh, Edward James Olmos, is it uh, from uh, Battlestar Galactica, uh, and mm-hmm. many, many more. Yeah. So there was like Nathan
0: Fillion, Brilliant. Yeah, William Shatner, um, Nichelle Nichols. If you haven't already mentioned, are Kenny Baker, who played R2D2, yeah. uh, Sid Mead. Speaking of artists, um, Sid Mead is a is a artist that. Uh, well, a lot of people might remember his work from Blade Runner, but he's done other work as well. He's worked on, even um, speaking of Star Trek, he did some of the initial designs for, um, for the theatrical debut of Star Trek, Star Trek The Motion Picture.
3: Right. Uh, and they've got uh, Ursula K. Legrin, Lig- so Left Hand of Darkness, so they've got writers in there as well. And they're going to be themed, they're going to be four. Uh, uh, without mentioning the name of another podcast, I think we're going to try and. Uh, uh, emulate this in some way but um we've got um episode one robots episode two space episode three invasion episode four time and' just talking about um the space one just tonight here in the u k there's been channel four um uh, life well a little bit of it was live from the uh, the space station, but they were showing lots of basic uh, basic life uh, up on the space station, and then they had a, a live link on that, and that was great on uh, Channel Four here in the UK, not BBC Four, Channel Four. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, a pity it doesn't uh, give a date yet for the BBC two transmission date, but. Um, it looks a really good uh, a good thing.
0: My, my guess is probably going to be around the same day, probably maybe a little bit earlier. But I, I would imagine sometime in April, mid mid April. I would my guess would be.
3: Yeah, it might it might run one week behind uh, if the if the Americans are paying the lion's share of the money, they may have got first airing rights
0: so so and then so this other podcast that you won't mention its name i'm sure probably this the the theme will be the real history of cultum
3: It's <laughs> 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 it. uh, something i haven't talked to within yet but i, I think we'll uh, we'll try and because they're, they're they're actually marvelous uh, marvelous uh, topic yeah, ways of doing I think it so, so as well
0: yeah all right well it's something to look forward to though both uh, the, the the TV show and that other podcast that we won't mention its name, them okay. <laughs> All right. So I think that's going to bring us to the end of the news section here. Not a lot of news, um, but again, we're in a lull period right now as far as Doctor Who goes as we're, uh, you know, um, kind of coasting about it. Though, um, I guess news is that, um, you know, that we can also include this, which kind of goes without say, is that these two lost episodes are now available on dvd um at least in the b in the uk i, I i'm not sure about the u.s because I, I i purchased them and downloaded them from itunes back in october so i, I haven't been following the dvd release so but if
3: i I both them on dvd in fact the um um, th- th- they were sold out of the uh, enemy of the world one for a while. That's why I ended up getting Web of Fear first. And uh, I, w- I won't actually say the news, but there is some of the Doctor Who news that people might be thinking, well, why aren't we mentioning it? And, and I think it's because it's a little bit spoiler. But apparently, Sylvester McCoy on some interview let slip some information about uh, what may be happening on the se- uh, series of season eight of uh, Doctor Who. But I don't think it's Perhaps appropriate to mention it here, but it's to do with um, a return on Doctor Who of uh, a return.
0: Okay, so hobbits are might be coming to uh, to Doctor Who. <laughs> 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 All right. Apparently,
3: turn? let slip something that he thought was 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 known Return about, of the King.
0: Wasn't. Okay. All right, well, we'll be right back with more Doctor Who Podshock and our review of the enemy of the world. Huh?
4: <laughs> Hi, this is Fraser Hines, and you're listening to a Doctor Who Podshock.
0: Well, as you know, we are reviewing The Enemy of the World in this episode of Doctor Who Podshock. So what better selection for our recommendation for an audiobook than Doctor Who, The Enemy of the World. Yes, the audio version of the episode of the story, rather. So uh, that will be our selection. Once again, Audible is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. You probably know this already if you're a regular listener to Doctor Who Podshock. They have... Over 150,000 titles to choose from in all different genres. Yes, including science fiction, they have lots of Doctor Who titles, but that's not all. They also have comedy, romance, business, thrillers. Audible titles will play on your iPhone, Kindle, Android. Over 500 devices for listening anytime and anywhere. And for you, listeners of Doctor Who Podshock, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30 day, with a free 30 day trial. So you have a chance to check them out. Now, if you decide it's not for you, simply cancel your, your membership and the audiobook is free for you to keep. Now, to download your free audiobook, simply go to audibletrial.com slash Again, that's audibletrial.com slash for your free audiobook. Now, as I said, <laughs> as it is, we're recommending The Enemy of the World since we're reviewing The Enemy of the World. Now, this is the audio book version of it. Now, this is, um, this audio book is made up of audio from the television episodes themselves, along with narration by Fraser Hines. Now, this was done when the story was still missing, when there was still only one episode from the six-parter that still existed. So now now we have the the actual uh, all six episodes of the of the videos to of each episode to enjoy as well but uh this was actually made at the time when it was still a missing story so this was really your only way to sort of watch it even though you're not watching it you're watching it in your mind's eye but you know what it's even if you do buy the DVD or you bought it from iTunes the the, the um the video of it it's nice to have an audio companion of it so you can listen to it in the car. And it has the narration there with Fraser Hines. So, you know, it, it fills in the parts that you can't see. Let's hear a little bit from it right now. Dry again after his impromptu swim, the doctor
4: finishes putting his clothes back on.
1: Ah, oh, there's nothing I can dip to freshen you up. That's a funny looking boat. Uh, it's not a boat, it's a hovercraft. eh? It's a hovercraft floats on the air as to the sea. Oh, yes, yeah, I'm too <laughs> old for
4: fairy tales. True, Jamie. A terrifying thing. It's like a sea monster. Oh, we'll soon get a closer look. It's coming nearer. Sure enough, the hovercraft, now riding high on its cushion of air, is powering directly towards them across the water.
1: Oh, yes. Yes.
4: A shadow of concern falls across the doctor's face as he watches.
1: I
2: don't
1: think I like the look of this. Let's go. Why? What's the
2: matter? Come on, run. 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 run.
1: run. run. Don't argue. Run. run. Come on. Come
4: on. Perch on the vehicle's deck. Curly his gun at the threesome, who are now racing up the beach towards the sand dunes. He fires. He carries on firing as the hovercraft leaves the water and continues up the beach without slowing. Dr. Jamie and Victoria died for cover in the Glassy Dunes.
2: I if we had a gun. Why did they want to harm us?
1: Why, indeed. Or what now?
2: Look, Doctor, can't we go back to the TARDIS?
1: No, we never make it. There's not much cover here.
2: Perhaps we've landed in a world of mad men.
1: They're human beings, if that's what you mean, indulging their favorite pastime, trying to destroy each other.
4: The hovercraft is stopped, and the men clamber out. Guns in hand, they survey the dunes.
1: Time we went, come on.
4: The three travelers sidle cautiously along behind thickets of grass and mounds of sand. By the hovercraft, Anton gestures for Curly to circle round to the right, whilst he and Rod move left. A stealthy game of cat and mouse amongst the sand dunes ensues. Suddenly, the doctor and his friends find themselves face to face with the mean features of Curly. Before he can fire his gun, however, Jamie leaps on him and lands a well-aimed punch.
1: Bring to our- Oh, well done! Curly is out cold. Okay.
4: Anton and Rod look up at the sound of a small helicopter coming into land.
1: I know those markings. That's Astrid's runabout. What's she doing here? Interfering. We've got to get to him before she does.
4: The helicopter swoops in to land close to the doctor's party. Sure enough, Astrid is at the controls. Astrid leaps from the craft and calls to them.
2: Over here! Run! I can't! I can't! Come on. It's our end charge. Hurry! Come
4: on! The Doctor and Jamie half drag Victoria towards the helicopter. They all bundle aboard as Anton and Rod come within firing range. The helicopter takes off again, bullets flying all around it two men continue to shoot, as their would-be prey is carried further away into the skies, over the ocean. In the cockpit, Victoria clings to Jamie for dear life.
1: any time, you're welcome rescue! Don't speak to me for a moment,
4: please! Astrid is struggling with the
1: controls. What is this thing, Doctor? It's a helicopter, Jamie. Huh? A chopper. You know, a whirly bird. He says it's a bird. Oh, no, no, it's a, it's a primitive form of flying machine.
2: Well, at least we're safe now, aren't we? Depends on what you mean by being safe. They've shot a hole in the fuel tank. We might blow up any minute.
4: As the helicopter flies on, Anton and Rod are helping their dazed cohort back down the beach and into the hovercraft. Rising from the sand, the vehicle turns and speeds out across the waves. Astrid flies on, keeping an anxious eye on the helicopter's instruments. For a while, the gorillas trail the helicopter at sea level. Their hovercraft is no match for Astrid's piloting skills. Soon, Anton and his men are left behind. After a while, the helicopter leaves the ocean and heads inland. Here we go. They descend towards a small landing pad situated outside a solitary bungalow. Once safely down, the occupants disembark and make for the house.
2: Wait! You're hurt! Nothing. We're lucky to be still alive. Jamie, give her a
4: hand. They help Astrid into her living room.
1: Come along inside. <coughs> I'm all oh, right. Let's have a look at it, you're not, and please don't argue. Victoria, bring some warm water, will you?
2: Well, where's the kitchen? Yeah. Through the arch. There's a medical kit in the bathroom through there.
1: Go and fetch it, will you, Jamie? Right, come and sit down
2: nothing it's
1: just a scratch you'll
4: we'll see he sits beside her and tears the sleeve of her blouse uh, to
1: reveal an open wound
2: who are you
1: you mean you don't know
2: no why should i
1: well you went to such a great deal of trouble to save us
0: ah yeah thank you Jimmy.
2: do you know how to use those things
0: oh don't worry the doctor will fix you up just fine again that's doctor who the enemy of the world it's uh uh, again, this is the the audio from it, and it stars uh, Patrick Troughton in a dual role with um, with Fraser Hines, who is narrating and also playing uh, Jamie in it. Deborah Watling, Watling rather, um, who plays Victoria. It's written by David Whittaker, and once again, it contains the original audio from the television series with uh, narration by Fraser Hines. So once again this could be your selection or you could choose anything that audible has to offer simply go to get in order to get your free audiobook simply go to audibletrial.com/pachock again that's audibletrial.com/pachock you'll be getting a great audiobook and you'll be supporting our show as well
2: you're a doctor
1: well not of any medical significance
2: doctor of law philosophy
1: which law whose philosophies eh
2: oh i see you're determined to be mysterious <laughs> um doctor of science
1: Septispray, that should be all right.
2: a doctor of divinity then
1: you'll run out of doctors in a minute ah you haven't told us your name yet
2: astrid ferrier
1: Ah, Miss Ferrier, this is Victoria and this is Jamie. Now, this won't take a minute. just want to clean it off. Be as gentle as I can. There we are. Who are these men? Why are they so determined to kill us? Kill you? They hate you. Me? I'm the nicest possible person.
2: (laughs) Oh, at least I should say they hate the person that they think you are. Passionately and completely. Can't we tell them they made a mistake? There wouldn't be time.
1: You see, Remarkably dedicated. They are. There. Tell me, Miss Ferrier, do you hate me?
2: Ralph well, from it. To me, you're the most wonderful and marvelous man that's ever dropped out of the skies. <sighs> Will you do something for me?
1: Anything. Anything at all.
2: It'll probably cost you your life. Oh, but it would be worth it.
1: Well, that's, that's comforting anyway.
0: What is it you want me to do?
2: Let me take you to the man I work for, Giles Kent. He'll explain everything you want to know.
0: And we're back with Dr. U Paciak. And once again, this is Louis Trapani, And with me is none other than Dave Cooper. And we're here to, um, as you can tell from that clip, we're going to be reviewing the previously lost story, now found, The Enemy of the World. It's a Patrick Troughton story. And it, um, as I mentioned in earlier in this episode, in this episode of Dr. Kupachok, that it, it originally was transmitted in December, December 23rd, 1967, and ran its six episodes. So it ran uh, till the 27th of January 1968. So um, we're, we're almost in sync a few couple months, you know, from the, the anniversary of its airing. Yeah.
3: The previous story had been the Ice Warriors. And um, as we said before, this uh, is then followed by the Web of Fear. So we've got these two consecutive
0: stories, which is great. Yes, yes. And as always, before we go any further... Spoilers. Spoilers. Again. Spoilers. 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 Yes, so there will be spoilers. 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 All right. So you may be wondering how or why are we doing a spoiler alert? Well, for a story that's um, almost fifty years old, well, some people haven't seen it yet. (laughs) We, uh, up until a a few months ago, we hadn't seen it yet. You know, not all of it. There there was. um, Oh yes, we had. Well, if you count reconstructions, but the, there was oh, no, when it first aired. Oh well, that's true. <laughs> I I I forget who I'm speaking to. <laughs> yes, well, Lazarus. Th- yeah, I wasn't. In, I was around, but I wasn't in the UK. So and and it wasn't being shown in the US. So uh, I I didn't see it on its first run, unfortunately. Unfortunately,
3: I'm sad to say, I was already 21 at the time.
0: Well, it's that's it, 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 it's, you know, it's you know you know it's not unfortunate. It's just it's great that um, you you know you had that firsthand experience. You know, I you know every time I watch Doctor Who from you know from the sixties, you know the black and white era, I always try to put myself in the mindset of the period that it was my, made and um, you know imagine myself watching it during that time. So and you, you can actually say that you do remember watching it during that time.
3: Yeah, and uh, that actually goes against all all normal reasoning, because they say, if you lived in the 60s, you don't remember it. <laughs> you know, you couldn't have been there, but I do, yeah. <laughs> well, it must it's... have been because I was doing teacher training and leading a sober life at the time. I hadn't discovered wine at that point.
0: It was an historical time, and, uh, um, you know, Doctor Who... <laughs> Doctor, um, no, 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 no.
3: it was the best of times; it was the <laughs> worst of times. Let's have a bit of literature in this show. Yes, yes.
0: Well, this is a actually a a significant story in many ways. You know, outside of it just being being previously lost and now recovered, uh, it also marked. Uh, it, it, it was a um, a a pole, if you will. You know, because it, it marked that um, the last time that. Doctor Who was being produced under the um the the, the overseeing of wa- the watchful eye of its creator, Sidney Newman, even though he wasn't the producer of the series or anything like that, but he he was head of uh drama at BBC and Doctor Who was always his um his baby in in a certain respect, even though you know he had handed it off to other producers to to take to to run with it and produce it and 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 create it. So um it was after this story that his um his contract ended um in 1967 and you know he went on to other things and so this was the last story under under his eye if if you will it's also um um it 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 also marks um the the directing debut of Barry Letts who then Indeed. went on to become the show's producer uh, mostly in the John Pertwee um era it's also Ian Lloyds the, the 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 director of the story it's his last show and uh Peter Bryant will then become the next producer so it 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 marks a transition in oh and it's also uh, David Whittaker's first show I'm sorry the author is um is David Whittaker which was the show's first script editor right
3: and it also marks in a technological sense as well because uh, obviously, as you, you mentioned, this was the black-and-white era, but uh, we were just in the transition between uh, 405 lines to uh, 625. Uh, previously being thought, I think, that it was only in the middle of this that they actually switched to 625, mm-hmm. but apparently they, they, when they found these episodes, the quality of the recordings, the, they were... Uh, because, of course, it's tele isn't it, off the actual monitor, um, but... Um, Yeah, I think they were all done in 625, which is why the quality of this is is pretty good. And I must say, my DVD copy that uh, I've been watching it on, um, I've been watching it on my TV, which is a 42-inch. Now, it's widescreen TV, and I'm one of these people that hates... Uh, people who stretch pictures. Sorry, I not I shouldn't say. I hate people who do it. But I personally won't stretch pictures. Yeah. So I will watch it in the four by three aspect that it is. The correct aspect you know, ratio. Uh, just ignore. Yeah. Right. Yeah, same yeah. here. Because yeah. yeah. I mean, right. So I'm watching it now. When I watched it the first time, I think the TV I watched it on was what's called a 21 inch, which is literally one quarter the screen size. You know. So it's, mm-hmm. the, the TV I was watching on it is four times the screen area, (laughs) and yet it still looked uh, very good indeed. In actual fact, some of the poorest parts of it, some of the poorest parts of it were the film sections, because uh, there were a couple of uh, about three scenes in it that were filmed, Mm -hmm. and again, while we're just doing the technical bit, um, uh, Barry Letts was very keen to uh, stretch his muscles, apparently, because he was going to do, and he'd been allowed something like Five or six times, where they could have the, the dots on the screen at the same time in the two parts. In other words, by using you know uh, matting techniques. Yeah, to do that, uh, like but a apparently the split screen effect. Right. Yeah. And um, in fact, he, he, he planned for six. This is according to the wiki page. He planned for six screen splits uh, They did one, and that's actually I think the one right near the end. Uh, it's the the image that they show on the wiki page as well. Uh, with the two doctors coming face uh, sorry the the, <laughs> the salamander and the doctor coming face to face in the TARDIS and mm-hmm. um, apparently something happened to the actual machine that did that. Um, it was only later that um, uh, Derek uh, Martinus the uh, director of a preceding story uh, had brought by Letts up to date saying that there was another, uh, another method he could have used and that of using an optimal printer to get the same uh, the same idea, but um it, it's obviously from, I mean, we have a helicopter, just shortly after that um opening clip that we played right at the beginning of the show where the doctors arrived on the beach this of all, we have a hovercraft in the distance that's another mm-hmm. technological in- innovation that was uh, there then we have a, a helicopter chase a la birds, you know, uh, air fox type of thing um, so really um uh, there's an awful lot of uh, things where this episode, you know, is is showing a, a vigorous dot two, um, not quite in the third Doctor Bond way, uh, because obviously the Doctor isn't the one piloting the helicopter where you would have thought the third Doctor would have actually been doing that. But,
0: but um, it is very yeah. action oriented. It, it's it's uh, it is very yeah. much so in in that respect, and um, I, I just. Um, I mean, technically, I think they they did a magnificent job here. Um, since since we were on the technical credits, it um, it does contain some um, stock music, uh, orchestration orchestration music um, from Bella Bartok. I'm not sure if I'm I'm, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, but um, Bartok. Yeah, it's pretty interesting because you you know it's not. You're not used to hearing that type of music, and you know, in Doctor Who, and it's—I it, think it adds a little, um, you know, a, a, a bit of drama there that that was good to see, uh, good to hear rather. The lighting yeah. was—and
3: that's a man, by the way, Bartok. It, but, but the people who are not classically into into music may mm-hmm. not you know But that's a man's name. It, it's not—it's not Bella, you know, like a woman's name, but Bartok. <laughs>
0: Uh, And I I thought that they did a good job with the lighting as well, especially there's some sequences in the kitchen, which, um, you know, they they, nice use of lighting where sometimes people faces were were in shade and um, and it just they they seem to pull that off pretty well. And and I thought it was a bit metaphoric since there are a lot of shady characters in this story. Um, But just to go with um, also what Dave had mentioned about the opening of this story is that it does open on location. I love location shots on Doctor Who. So this has some location um, shooting as well as well as studio, and and you can tell the transitions not just by the quality of the of the video going from video to film, but also uh, you know you can tell when they're in a studio just because they're in a studio. But uh, but I do yeah, love the location it reminded stuff. reminded
3: me of the yeah, it reminded me of the beach they used as uh, you know the part of the Matrix. Uh, um, you know the 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 actual uh the scenes on the beach well you know the, what it reminded
0: me you know um yeah, the tom Baker story not not the matrix the movie the yeah um the um yeah
3: yeah it, when they're inside the you know, matrix yeah
0: you know what it also reminded me of the prisoner you know seeing uh you know having them chasing on the beach i expecting rover to come out which is the big ball in the in the prison if if you I, ever I, seen the Prisoner, of the, the tv series um <laughs> it reminded me of that as well. Um, yeah, you see, the-
3: and, and, and I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, I, and you, that's more
3: of an estuary. Yeah, but I've I've seen some like seven. Uh, I'm sure I've seen Servalon uh, on those uh, beaches, on those uh, sand dunes, and sure, the-
0: yeah. I, you know, this is such a mammoth mammoth story, and it, there's there's so much about it. it it's it's kind of overwhelming. So um, forgive me if, if I do jump around a bit, because there's so much, that uh, you know, I I do want to kind of cover, and so I, I do, um, I may jump around a bit, but I, I do want to, um, you know, I, I have to before going any further, that, that Patrick Troughton is incredible in this. He's playing two roles, he's doing dual roles, he's outstanding, you really get to see his acting chops in this, and, you know, uh, you, even though you know it's the same actor, you, 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 you know, there's no, there's a definitive line, you know, you're not going to confuse the doctor with this other character that he's playing, Salamander. I mean, he really does such a good job that they 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 really are two different people, two different characters. And And what's even interesting is that the doctor character at one point impersonates <laughs> Salamander. So you have the doctor, you know, playing, you know, impersonating someone else that he's playing as well.
3: Yeah, and there's a there's there's a, a really good scene as well because uh, uh, I mean obviously the, when the first there's a progression the first time the doctor you know uh, plays Salamander he's not quite got it completely right but mm-hmm. he's, he's doing it on the first basis and so on and he uh, he carries on and then there comes a scene fairly well into the story where uh, he actually plays a trick. On the on his companions, mm-hmm. and at that point, and I thought it was Salamander. Yeah, you know, yeah, um, you're not too sure. And then, just as just as Victoria's going to whack him, one, he's don't do hit me, Victoria. And uh, at that point, you were saying, well, I know, I could tell when he was Salamander being Salamander, and I could tell when he was the Doctor, uh, pretending to be Salamander, uh, and he was playing those two. But then there was this one one where he played it to the point where. Bitch, uh, we were drawn in and fooled by it. With with his companions, fooled as well. So that that, mm-hmm. that 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 was really good.
0: And and we should mention that his companions in this story are uh, Jamie McCrimmon and Victoria Waterfeld, uh who respectively are Fraser Hines and Deborah Watling. And and of course, you know, they go without mention. You know, as far as their abilities and the, their acting chops as well as is portrayed here. But uh, there's such a great cast in this story and, um, all of them doing, uh, really the top of the line work here. I mean, I, I, really didn't have any problems at all with, um, with the major characters and, and their portrayals. You had, um, Bill Kerr playing Giles Kent, um, Mary Peach playing Astrid. We, we once again have another Astrid character, Astrid Ferrer, Ferrer, uh, Colin Douglas portrays, uh, this character as um, a security um, master named Donald. Bruce. Donald Rose, yeah, Yeah, who does an excellent yeah. job there. Well,
3: I mean, before you even go on from there, I mean, first of all, Bill Kerr, uh, many people in the UK will will recognize him from being a foil to uh, Tony Hancock in Hancock South How. He's uh, he's actually South uh, South African, but he, mm-hmm. he moved to. Australia, when he was quite young, so he's Australia. But he, he, he uh, with, uh, you know, Hattie Jakes and Eric, oh, from the Carry On films, I get his name in it, Sid James. Uh, mm-hmm. But Bill Kerr, absolutely, you would think he's a bit of a dope because he plays that character to such a pitch uh, on that. Um, when we were talking about um, Roger Lloyd-Pack before about you know, how he played on Only Fools and Horses and then he played Lumick and, mm-hmm. uh, and um, how how he was such a great character actor but a lot of people only knew his humour. Uh, Bill Kerr apparently was a, a a big stage actor as well but I thought he, it's a pity he didn't do more uh, serious uh acting as such because i i thought he was excellent in this uh again with that we, i don't think we'll jump to the end but um you know uh, there are uh more than one things where all is not what it seems yes. in this show yes yes let's put it that way there's, there's a, a lot of a, that. there's a few switcheroos <laughs> yes yes uh, going on it's delicious so, so that's it's great the, the <laughs> yeah yeah the the colin douglas actor that you mentioned uh, mm-hmm. don bruce uh people if they see his face i've seen him before uh he was uh in the horror of fang rock that's the episode
0: where most ah, people are going to remember so yes he did look familiar he was the
3: lighthouse keeper yes now, lighthouse keeper. Now,
0: now, now that you mention it yeah i can i see it now yeah uh
3: but i've seen him in lots of things here in the uk um Uh, I I remember him seeing from When the Boat Comes in, playing um, a uh, mill owner in that, but he's been in lots of things. Um, uh, Dick Barton, Special Agent, blimey, that's going back a long way. Danger Man, um, Pickwick Capers. But the role that he he really came to fame after this was um, uh, he was the lead in a a drama called uh, A Family at War. It's nice being able to do all this. Ian usually does all this stuff. Um, uh, <laughs> Colin, yeah, um, A Family at War, which was a great, big, uh, historic, you know, thing seen through uh, a family. It played Ed- Edward Ashton on that. Uh, but he's been in all all sorts of things. And, uh, yeah, so he he was uh, really great. Uh, what was the next one you just mentioned, Um uh, the, well, um, the the one that George pra- Pravda that played Danes, he's a Czech- Czechoslovakian actor. Uh, he is a fabulous actor. He's been in all sorts of things. Uh, but he's also been... Um, he was in The Mutants and The Deadly Assassin. Um, he played one of the Time Lords in Deadly Assassin. Hmm. Uh, he's it, been on uh, Cold It's I, Claudius... Uh, the old Eden line, Tinker the Soldiers by or uh, softly, softly. No hiding place. Avengers, the Saint, Prisoner, Special Brands, Department S. Uh, really fantastic actor. Uh, that's the chap who, who who gets arrested during the course of this thing, and is is the one that's trying to eat his steak with a spoon.
0: Mm, yeah, he's uh, his film credits include Thunderball, Frankenstein's Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed, Hanover Street with Harrison Ford, and uh, Firefox. Um, some other uh points of interest there's uh milton johns who plays bennick and um carmen Monroe who plays um um uh, farah farah the, F- the, the, food, the taster. food taster was that yeah i thought she did an excellent job um as well
3: yeah when, when they're questioning her in the kitchen uh she's uh excellent in that um been in a British sitcom uh, uh, Desmond's, that's where perhaps a lot of people would do it uh, in general hospital um, uh, lo- lots of different things um, so yeah the uh, the other one that you named before Milton I mean, Johns? Really the, this. yes
0: gosh uh... <laughs> he, he was also in <laughs> the Android we're, we're Invasion getting... and the, um, inv- the Android Invasion and and Invasion of Time as well. Other Doctor Who credits, he was a uh, guy, Crayf- right. Crayford in the Android okay. Invasion in yeah. and uh, Castellan Kelner. Uh,
3: Castellan, yeah, right. Yeah, he's been in a lot. Shoe String, Yes Minister, Softly, Softly, um, um, Ted Cars, Campion. Now Campion, I think it's the one with. Uh, isn't that the one with the Fifth doctrine. it? I'm sure that's uh, yeah, campy is the uh, Peter Davidson uh, uh, series that he was in. So that where he plays a, a a detective.
0: So yeah, it's yeah. it's a great cast Brilliant. of characters, a great cast, and and as you were saying, there's a lot of turnarounds and it's you know you really got to pay attention though it's not hard because it's it's such a you're you're on the edge of your seat wanting to know what happens next and where this is all going but it's a story that that has characters that are filled with mistrust backstabbing blackmail suspicion <laughs> all this is the norm here and it's um i think it's well written and well acted and um it's it's quite ingenious storytelling and acting here I, I know yeah. I was on the I mean, edge of my uh, seat trying to, you know, I, you know, as soon as one episode ended, even though the cliffhanger may not be that intense, you just, oh, I want to know what's, you know, you know, where this is going and how this is going to turn out.
3: Right. I mean, there's, there's one thing where you get this idea that um, uh, these natural disasters that Salamander is predicting, that he's somehow making them happen. So then you start thinking, you know, he's like the meddling monkey. Is is this another time? <laughs> is is he actually, you know, has he actually got a spaceship above the planet, or is he at least an alien on the world? And he's actually, you know, well, they had sent up a satellite, but is this satellite, you know, it's one of these sort of um, uh, Star Wars laser type um, satellites he's put up, he, you know, because he he he'd funded this satellite, mm-hmm. and maybe it was sending, you know. Laser beams to the earth, and he was causing that, but actually the the truth was even more fiendish than that, yeah. so well we know, should make a, a point uh, that
0: this takes place well, in the future it, obviously this was was produced in one thousand nine hundred and sixty seven and add you know sixty seven through sixty eight but the story, even though it doesn 't come out and tell you, you there are little signs that will tell you when this takes place uh, Astrid's helicopter in the opening sequence, she has a registration placard on inside the- the canopy of the the helicopter that expires the 31st of December 2018 and then later on there's a a character discovers a newspaper article and he says it's a year old and when you see the newspaper article it's dated 2017 so even though this takes place in the you know near far future when it was made now it's 50 years
3: in the future yeah
0: now it's almost present time it's 2014 as we record this so it's just four years away because it takes place sometime in 2018 this story
3: and what was also prescient in that was the you know talking about moving you know from one zone to another completely across you know continents and they said "Oh, oh it takes two hours in a rocket now they're, they're, I've only, I have only just read about two, three weeks ago that there's yet another, you know, uh, initiative going on to try and get these fast rockets. And I think they were talking about the UK to Australia in four hours uh, with this, you know, that, that hotel rocket never took off. And this is a new, one of these scramjet type of things that they're talking about now. Uh, so, you know, uh, to say they were thinking that 50 years from when this was done we'd have these. Maybe by 2017, we'll have, uh, you know, again, like, like we did um, more recently, you know, with Concord and that, mm-hmm. have uh, rockets flying that sort of distance in that sort of time.
0: Well, um, you mentioned that, that zones. It seems like now countries are now, like, we're, when this story opens on the beach and all that, we're in the Australia zone or some Australia, whatever they call it, zone. And then they're in the central zone, and um, so it seems like countries are now relegated into like zones. The the globe is devoted yeah. is divided into into globe into zones rather.
3: Super, yeah, yeah, super areas, yeah,
0: yeah. And, and um, just to mention the beach again, it, it's good to see the doctor jumping into the waters with his undergarments. <laughs> <laughs> and you did say
3: some great stuff. I mean, like. Um Jamie had a a great scene where he he goes and actually uh, appears to save Salamander's life. I Probably think that was a great.
0: I think that was a great scene from Jamie. I think that was a great way how they how uh, Jamie infiltrates Salamander's camp. I think they did that in a marvelous way. You know. Uh, but later on, you know, even Salamander says, um, you know, in order to be engineering, it, it was very ingenious. Ingen- I forget the word, whatever term, what, the exact quote, but um, but you have to be constantly engineering new ideas and you're not doing that. And that's, and it, you know, it, it had given him away. But I, I thought it was a great you have to
3: keep the pretense. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, this is really intense. I mean. It's 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 action based, but it's it's fast paced. Even though there's a lot of political stuff and and um, backstabbing and all that stuff is going on, but it just it, it doesn't get boring, you know. And you know, it's six episodes. The pacing is really good. It moves r- very quickly. And at the end of each episode, I'm like, okay, I, I can't wait to see the next one now. Which sometimes isn't, you know, even after seeing it, you know, watching it the second time, I was. You know, I was anxious to 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 put the next one on.
3: Well, you've got me so excited, I can't wait to wait to hear another clip of it.
0: Yes, <laughs> we we're getting carried away. We should be playing more clips.
5: What is all this? I'll just give you a couple of minutes. I have a meeting. This is important, Bennick. I hope so. Well, Salamander's left you in control of the research station. Yes. Did he go on the rocket for the Central European Zone? Yes. Do you see him go aboard? Hasn't been an accident, has it? Did you see the rocket take off?
1: Do you mean did I stand there waving my handkerchief?
5: Hardly, I've too much to do. You're not a very funny man, Bennick. Not to me. Now, answer me. Did you actually see him leave? What is all this? I've just driven straight here from having spoken to us, Alamander. Not 200 miles away. That's impossible. I don't lie. Even to someone like you. He was with Giles Kent. But he hates Kent. Exactly. Kent wasn't hurting him by force, was he? No, I thought of that. Salamander was a wee bit odd, I admit. Not quite his usual self, but he was perfectly in control. All he had to do was bat an eyelid and I'd have knocked off everyone in sight. Oh, well, I don't understand it. Now, Salamander suggested that he was on his way to the Central European Zone. Now, you're in radio contact with him. I want you to talk to him. Make sure that Kent hasn't got some hold over him that we don't know about. He instructed me not to bother him until the conference was over. Well, I'm countermanding that instruction. I'm telling you, Bruce, he won't answer. Not till the conference is over. It's too important.
0: And yeah, that's a uh, security chief there, Donald Bruce. I thought he was an excellent character. Very. Uh, when it, when he was first introduced, I thought he was very much like a, a Dick Cheney type, and I, I don't mean that in a political sense. Just. The presence that he um, oh, he's quite massive, isn't it? When he first comes into the room, yeah, 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 he
3: towers over them. He looks a real force. Well, yeah, a but Darth and, Vader type, character. yeah,
0: he's just and um and but he's it's not it's not a cardboard character either. You know the, you, the, there's more to him than what meets the eye. And as the story progresses, what you know initially seems to be um, a force to be reckoned with, almost like a villain may not be a villain, you know? Um, well, not so much that, but it, but it looks as though
3: he's, you know, he's, he can't think for himself. He basically, you know, he's, he's, he's the heavy, he's the muscle, he's the enforcer. But uh, the doctor makes an assessment of him, that, and there, there comes one critical point yes. where uh, there, there's a gun situation, mm-hmm. and there's quite a lot of guns in this, quite a lot of shooting. Yes. Uh, quite a few people get killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, If there's any drawbacks just so people think well we've been a bit flattering of this one I mean there are some drawbacks I mean although there wasn't a lot of padding there was quite a a bit of chewing and frowing, so I mean uh, I mean somebody must have clocked up quite a few air miles during the course <laughs> of the story um, and um, some of the set props were a little bit uh, thing I, mean, I remember there's this scene in this caravan and i 'm looking and, and there 's this kitchen and the, uh, and to threaten them the sort of smashing the plates up, which was a bit uh, a bit handbags at dawn. It was a little bit thing, and there, there, there quite prominently on the on the side was a a a big bottle of tomato ketchup as it (laughs) happened. That was a a plot point because it came in use later on. But I mean, like when, (laughs) uh, uh, and uh, uh, I'll give a, I'll I'll be a bit circumspect when I I, I give this next bit, because we might just give a spoiler before we play this last, uh, well, not the next clip, but the last clip that we do play. Uh, But there's um, some food arriving at a certain place Uh, and uh, and it's basically, they've got cardboard boxes from the back of a supermarket, a store, uh, you know, you know, we just printed stickers from a dot matrix printer on them. It, it didn't look very effective. And there's another one where somebody's picking up this, you know, it's supposed to have something like 48 tins of uh, protein in it, and he lifts it up like it's an empty thing with just, you know, uh, with those little plastic um, chip things in, you know,
0: the the yeah. the... Yeah.
3: the, the I mean, well, there was we, we can be forgiving like with, with some of that. There, that. There,
0: there's this yeah. the, towards the end there. There's an explosion and the the ceiling comes down and it's obviously styrofoam because it's wobbling and whatever. And you know, it's not a cement that's slab, <laughs> but it's you know, we, we can over. I mean, that's what's great about Doctor Who is that you know, if it's good storytelling, good characters, that's all that. That's the meat and potatoes of Doctor Who. The the, um, the special effects and the, some of the. Wobbly sets and um, walls, and we can kind of overlook, you know. I, 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 th- I think the the real thing is is the the characters and the storytelling. Right. And and the doctor has to be convinced of Salamander's wrongdoings here at first. And it takes a long time to convince the doctor. And what's kind of curious is that he never seems to be, uh, <laughs> to need so much convincing ever before or since. But in this story, uh, he, well, because rightly so, as we, turn, as we find out later on, you don't know who is friend or foe. So, and I guess the doctor sensed that and, um, and, and is trying to uh, get as much information and, and before he does something that he might regret right you know and, and then, they had to con- then they had to convince Donald Bruce as well you know um, before they can elicit his uh, services so why don't I, I'll play right. another clip and then we'll we'll talk some more
1: well we all seem to be here except the third member of your escape committee I don't know what you're talking about you are seen speaking with the girl in the park the one who tried to escape with Denish I
2: don't know anything about that I don't even know her.
1: An diversion was caused. There was no one outside the kitchen. Of course there was someone, and there was shooting. Three shots have been fired from this gun. It's yours, isn't it? Pretending to save my life was ingenious. But ingenuity requires a constant stream of new ideas. Yours seemed to have dried up. I've come to the central zone. An attempt is made on my life. Denish! Proves to be a traitor. Feathering commits suicide because I uncover him. Do your job, Bruce. You can see they all in this.
5: All right, take him away.
2: Take your hands off me!
5: Tell Amanda, I think it's about time you told me what's going on. One minute I see you with this lad, McCrimmon. You're working together. The next I minute... I
1: thought he saved my life.
5: No, I mean before that, in Kent's office.
1: What are you talking about? Well, I saw you there. But I haven't seen Kent in months. Yes, you were with Kent, the Ferrier girl, and those two
5: youngsters. I thought was so curious, I spoke to your number two Bennick, about it. That's really the reason I came to this zone. But I tell you, I must get back to the research center. You will come with me. It was you. Or someone like you. Uh,
0: That's an important scene right there, because it's uh, right there. they, They realize that there's more than one salamander out there it appears
3: uh, i think that's one of the, the the subtle cliffhangers you're talking about because yes. it then just focuses on salamander's face mm-hmm. and you know that that's going to be the next thing uh, i'm just looking again at the uh, wiki page and uh, i hadn't noticed this before uh, patrick Trouton's son david Trouton, makes his first doctor appearance and oh. this is an uncredited extra really uh because he he, he he's later in Curse of peladon and so on and, things but uh, yeah and um, yeah, and um, uh, the person who played Swan, played by uh, one of the three who rule Christopher Burgess, well <laughs> a Christopher Burgess uh, he also played um, Professor George Phillips in Terror of the Autons and Barnes in Planet of the Spiders and Andrew Sargent who's playing a sergeant one of the soldiers under Bennick here mm-hmm. uh, Andrew Staines uh, appeared in uh, Terror of the Aut- Autons as uh, Goodidge and Carnival Monsters as uh, the Captain and in Planet of the Spiders* as uh, Kiva. Uh, and and we, we must mention also in the novelisation of this, that was written by Ian Martin. Ian Martin, Martyr. Yeah. Uh, um, Who? So, um, uh,
0: of course, played um, Harry Sullivan. Yes, a companion. Later on. To, to the doctor um, later, um, later on towards the the the, the end, of beginning of, um, of of Tom Baker.
3: Right, and going back to that birthday we talked about the hundred uh, birthday. Um, I mean, this has got a little bit of a shades of uh, Inferno in it in in just a couple of aspects because I mean the the drilling in that uh, leads to some sort of Cataclysmic volcanoes going off. Uh, we have the, you know, people playing the same character, but in two different versions of it. You know, the the famous one with the Brigadier with his eye patch. In fact, when I was watching this now, I'm thinking, I wonder if it might have been too melodramatic, whether they'd have gone with the uh, salamander wearing an eye patch, you know, to differentiate the two. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, they
0: did a different the, hairstyle, and obviously they, they dressed differently. Uh, but it was mostly you uh, know darkened his skin.
3: His skin was darkened as well, even though it was black and white. Mm-hmm. He, they definitely put this sort of.
0: Well, he uh, was uh, he was supposed uh, to be of Mexican uh, so, um, origin, yeah. I think. So, I and again, I think Trouton did an excellent job there. I mean, his um, you know his speech inflection and everything was just you know I, I just think he did a great job. Yeah, it, it, you know, oh, you see, yes. you can see Trouton in other movies, and he's playing, he plays different. He, you know, I guess what's you know commonly known as a character actor. You know, because he can really do d- different characters amazingly well, and uh, he, you know, everything from police constables to uh, you know he's um, in, in, in um, at, at least one of the Sinbad movies, if if not more than one. But he's is um, um, incredible actor there. He he played a priest yeah. in um, uh, in The Omen and uh, well I'm not going to go through his whole right, credits. Right, indeed. Yeah.
3: In actual fact, when I was listening to the the Mexican the the thing that came to my mind was Al Pacino. Oh. <laughs> uh, um, what's the the famous one where he plays? You know that Scarface is it? Yeah, yeah. Because that's exact exactly the accent that Al
0: Pacino had in well, Scarface, I Well, thought, this predates that, so maybe um, maybe uh, saw the enemy yeah. of the world, you know. from the best. Learn from the best.
3: <laughs> from the best. <laughs> yeah, you never
0: yeah. know.
3: I mean, uh, you could argue that, I mean, I don't, think, I don't think this would have worked as a four-part story. I think there was too much going on. Uh, you could argue they could have gone with five because uh, there was a little bit more toing and fro but just as you thought um, uh, just as I thought you know we had this whole story pegged there was this still there was this still you know well, what about these natural disasters because there 's one scene where you know the volcano goes off and they 're looking through uh you know binoculars at it, and you think well yeah you know, how could he be doing that? I mean, is he actually mm-hmm. a person from a different time zone i mean even though it 's uh, as we say we 're talking about uh two thousand fifty years. From the future when it was done, nobody, none of the other people thought that it could be done. You know, the scientists of the world couldn't have done it. So, did he have extraterrestrial knowledge? Uh, had he, had he done something hockey with his satellite? But of course, uh, it it actually goes very well because this was done in 1967, 68. Now, what have we had happen? Only three or four years ago, we had that worry that we were going to have a nuclear war, hadn't we? We had all the Bay of Pigs, and I'm not quite sure the dates, yeah. but mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, you know, people were worried yeah. about a possible atomic war, and people were buying uh, shelters. They even did this in Quantum Leap, and that. So, um, the 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 next turn of the the storyline is the fact that. Um, we have this whole group of people. I don't know if you want to take over the how you want to explain this without because we're obviously assuming you've seen it, but on yes, the other hand, yeah. we, we don't want to go through
0: all the plot points. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, to, uh, Salamander uses that to his advantage. You know, this this threat of nuclear holocaust and radiation poisoning, and um, and he uses that to manipulate others. And um, and I guess uh, before I play this next clip, just a reminder about spoilers, you know, it, whereas again, like Dave said, we're assuming if you've gotten this far you've seen the story already, but, um, you know, it just we, we don't want to spoil it any further this is if big you have a point in a yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. So um, this is it. Look at the bit of headline there. There! Controllers mm-hmm. swine- Holiday liner sinks!
1: You say there's a global war, radiation everywhere. How can there be holiday liners? Tell me how! You've lied to us, haven't you? In a way, Swan, yes. I, I had to. Had to? What do you mean, had to? Well, it's true that that the war is over. But have you any idea what happens to people who've been involved in a nuclear war? Have you? Of course I haven't. I've been down here. Those that are lucky enough to escape the annihilation have their bodies eaten away by radiation poisoning? They're deformed in mine and body! But this, this, this newspaper... Well, they have a kind of society, but it's, it's evil, corrupt! You don't think I could expose you to, to that sort of thing? Think of Mary uh, and the other women! You could have told me at least! I decided not to! You should have told me! I thought it was best! And what about the natural disasters we've been organizing? The volcanoes, earthquakes? Swan, they are not fit to live. You're murdering them, killing them off. I want you and the others to inherit the earth. Make a new world. Yes, I know all about that, but not at the price of wholesale murder. It's not murder. If you could see, and understand. It's an act of mercy. There must be some other way. No. I won't take your word anymore. I want to see for myself.
0: Yeah, so that's a crucial point right there towards the end.
1: Yeah, and it reminds
3: me of the, the other story, isn't it? The um, much, much later one where, you know, we have this uh, this where they're trying to clean, clean the Earth ready for a new start. They have these people in a spaceship. I'm trying to remember the name of the blooming title now, of course. But the story where we find out that these people think they're on a spaceship to another planet mm-hmm. and they are, in actual fact, under London and... Um, uh, the uh, the thing is going by there.
0: Yeah, I I, I it's ringing a bell. I I, <laughs> you I yeah. I, I'm familiar with it, but I can't think of it now.
3: A third Doctor story.
0: Yeah. yeah.
3: Anyway, I'm sure we we'll, I'll I'll jump onto that before we get to the end. Hopefully.
0: Well, this leads uh, but, uh, to uh, yeah, uh, this brilliant. this leads to the climax, uh, to the end of the story where both Salamander and the Doctor face each other in the TARDIS, nonetheless. And uh, you know, I have to say, during the '60s on, on American t- television, there were a lot of. Uh, instances where uh especially in, in like fantasy sitcoms like in Bewitch and I dream a genie and um even the Adams family, they had um one act one actor playing dual roles, you know, um be it like um um Bewitched has uh, uh, was playing Samantha but also um played um her, her cousin um Invasion Tapno um
3: Invasion of the Serena Serena
0: yeah well these are ongoing characters and and then uh bewitch um i Dream of Jeannie had her sister or whatever and and so forth and but you could always tell when the you know when there's a two-shot of them, there's another actress maybe wearing a wig or happens to have a similar hair, but you know it's not the same. You know, there's a two-shot, you know, uh, and the other one is right. two, has the back towards you, and you can always sort of tell. And But here, not for a moment did I say, oh, well, this is obviously a, a fake Patrick Trouton, you know, and I think they they handled it very well. Where you actually believe this? There's, there's a there's Patrick Trouton playing Salamander and Patrick Trouton playing the Doctor, both in the same scene. I, I think they did it very well. There wasn't a, an instance where. You could say, oh, well, there's a guy wearing a wig that's not really Patrick, you know, that's not really the doctor. It was there was never any of that scene that takes you out of the story, because when you when you see that, all of a sudden you're you're taken out of the story and you're thinking about actors and, you know, and all that and the the technical aspects of it. And there was never an instance in this story where I, I felt that happening.
3: Right, and I sorry to jump in there before. Uh, yeah, it was Invasion of the Dinosaurs, which I was trying to think about, where they were trying to, they had these people in the spaceship and they were trying to revert London back yes. to a, yeah. a utopian pre-technological age, which, uh, but these people had spent 10 years down there. So it really was a, 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 a U-turn in the story, a really big thing, because, uh, you know, we, it had this library where he didn't want to be disturbed. Uh, and then he would go down this great long shaft, which reminded me of some technology that, that again, was being talked about at the time, was used in supermarkets and, and store warehouses, basically a vacuum tube, I think it was. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea is that, um, uh, you know, where the till is, they put the money in a mm-hmm. little uh, Tool, uh, glass uh, container yeah. and put it in an air tube and it goes yep. all around the fact, which is basically how he was getting down to this. this, what had been built. Uh, as a, a nuclear a, a bunker at one point, and these people have been down there ten years. There was a, a young gatron. I'm not quite sure. I mean, obviously this swan that actually goes up to the surface with him and and comes to a bit of a sticky end. Mm-hmm. But um, we also had uh, the young the, boy that yes, was uh, who wanted to go quite up quite to the surface. Seen there.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, uh, was it David? Was he called? I oh, know it was uh, it was the two Colin and Mary, wasn't yeah, it? that, that was I the young couple. Colin and, Adam, and yeah. Adam Verdi playing Colin, I think. Yeah, no, there's not a lot about him on the Wikipedia, but um, he looks as though he was he, he was doing a good job. But that's it, just it, like it a little nugget back, there so. that
0: they didn't have to include that, but that the the fact that they did just made the story a little bit more realistic and believable. That that maybe some of the some of the people in this research center that that were getting a little suspicious about what's going on and they wanted to see the surface with their own eyes. And in other words, so, you know, it's just fleshing out the characters, you know, that there aren't just two-dimensional characters. That these, Even when um, Astrid arrives down there, they they started going after her because they just all assumed that she had, you know, that she was leaking radiation, that she was contaminated, you know, and then she proved that it was all a ruse, you know, this whole contamination business and... Um, I, I don't know. It's it's it's, yeah. it's, it's very interesting. Well,
3: uh, and we had a little bit of, of light relief with uh, Griffin the <laughs> chef, who um, played by uh, Reg. reminded she- me a bit of Shock Eye. For yes, me. yes, she- she- absolutely. <laughs>
0: He was some kind of character, you know, again, they didn't have to do that. I mean, he didn't play that. He didn't really have a pivotal role here. But again, just fleshing out the characters and just making it that more enjoyable. And and just speaking of of, of lightheartedness, you know, in our opening, you know, we we, we joked about where we were coming from. And, you know, and uh, and I think we all laughed when the doctor mishears Yeti instead of Jetty, you know, in, in, in. um, early on in the story, I made it was episode one or two where um, they, they talk about unused jetty and he, he, he's a Yeti. <laughs> no jetty. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah. Uh, and this actor, Reg Lai, played it. He's, he's actually Australian again. So again, because quite a lot of the story took place in uh, in the Australian segment here, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 there was at least two, if not three actors. That were Australian-based actors. Uh, uh, well, I should say they were based in the UK, at the time, but but they had you know they had uh, Australian credentials, shall we say?
0: Uh, a lot of strong. Uh, but
3: this July, has been in lots of things.
0: A lot of strong female characters, too, which I liked. Uh, Mary Peach did an excellent job playing Astrid. And I, and as I mentioned before, Carmen Monroe, who played Farrah, uh, Farrah um, the food taster, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her character's name. Um, I thought yeah. she was very... I mean, it's, it's sad that, again, spoiler alert, that she does get killed in it, and, um, you know, because I did like her character.
3: And the, the one sad thing you could argue is that um, people of uh, different uh, backgrounds, uh, ethnic backgrounds and... Uh, racial backgrounds were underrepresented in Doctor Who at the time, but uh, I don't think it was a, a racist thing on the on the BBC department, I think basically it was just because most of the actors they used were on the books and in-house mm-hmm. and so on but it was very refreshing to see a very strong character to like her, she came across, and she was up at, as I say, some, some big people I mean, that George Pravda uh, really got a bit of gravitas mm-hmm. uh, Colin Douglas as we've said is, and um, so really, um, and quite a large cast. If you're looking at the, um, yes. you know, the wiki page there, we've got about twenty, and and the, uh, you know, the, these um, are nearly all speaking parts.
0: Well, so, it, it also allowed that, that, that for that during this time, you know, they, they were shooting episodes on on a um, mammoth scale, and in order to get some free time for the for the main principals, sometimes there would be an episode where none of them would appear. So I. I'm. Uh, I don't know if it was episode three. There was one episode where both Fraser Hines and Deborah Watling aren't in it at all. You four. Know, four well, or maybe three. It was four, uh, and then maybe three. Patrick Trouton wasn't in it, or th- there was one where he was com- he was absent. And and since you have such a strong cast of characters, they were carrying the story around uh, along to the next episode when you when they would return. Yeah, uh, Fraser Hines and
3: Deborah did not appear in episode four. Yeah.
0: Okay, so it's episode so, um, four?
3: But, but uh, uh, I mean, literally, that's a week off. I mean, they, I mean, they really did. Uh, having said that, and I, I made this point before. Hopefully, it's still uh, a valid and uh, point. And that is that, um, although they worked them a lot harder in terms of viewing episodes with some people like uh, David Tennant and Matt Smith, you know. 50, 40, well, maybe 30 or 40% of what they do is not in the episodes. It's all the sort of um interviews and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. photo shoots and doing voiceovers for, you know, for... um Video games. Because uh, game, and- remember, yeah, because yeah, like the BBC brought out those free video games and things like that. And then they're doing costume fittings. I mean... Uh, all sorts of things like that Uh, doing uh, things for posters for shoots and so on so I mean I mean Matt Smith um, uh, although I mean he was thin when he started his job I'm sure he went thinner, David Tennant you know, uh, went thinner I mean they really got the pound of flesh out of these actors, I mean maybe um, the same applies to what we've quoted before, what Patrick I you know, three years is long enough to do this job uh, because the pace would just uh, pummel you down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I certainly think that uh, what the current actors have to go through in in its different aspects and all the different, uh, you yeah. know, the multifaceted nature of uh, mm-hmm. promoting a show now takes its show with that, even though they're, you know, all right, we know that we're not going to see Doctor Who on our screens until the end of August And, and we might bemoan that thinking, you know, we've had these split series and so on But um, again, the, the longer episodes, so you could argue 13 or 14, 45 minute episodes With maybe a couple of those running to an hour at Christmas and that Is equivalent to, you know, uh, nearly 26, 28, 30 episodes of the 25 minute variety
0: yeah. Well, do we want to give our overall um, rating? Yeah, should I go first? Sure, if you like. Otherwise, I can do it. <laughs> either one, either way. Well, I think I think you ought to have the uh, the
3: the uh, the kudos of going last because what I will say is. I remember seeing this when it first came out. Not quite. My recollection wasn't quite as strong. I've already watched, uh, rewatched *Web of Fear*, and I, I, I remember most of the plot points on that. This, the, that particular, the the underground nature of that group, uh, and how pivotal that was to the story, and how 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 much that underlined the the Salamander as being, you know, a vicious character. And of course, uh, often you'll see this in movies where. You have the hero have to do something very bad to the baddie, and the only way the hero can do something very bad to the baddie is that the baddie's a really nasty baddie, if you know what I mean. You know, he cuts mm-hmm. up the girlfriend, uh, does this that, so that on when you're watching Death Wish 4, you don't mind him actually retaliating because you think this this guy needs putting down, and of course um, the Salamander comes to a pretty sticky end at the end of this, not on purpose and partly from his own doing and th- that's again another little um, uh, switcheroo didn't we right at the end when we think everything's sorted out and we have the Doctor wandering back towards the TARDIS a bit dazed because of this big explosion that's gone off mm-hmm. um, and they play that other little surprise on us so I think it hells up very, very well indeed. Wasn't bored of it. The only thing I'll make a comment on, and I was saying to Lewis before we started, to it, um, uh, get, you know, give me a bit of time to watch the extras, will you, <laughs> Lewis?
0: Yeah, the DVD. My DVD
3: doesn't have any extras on it. Yes. It has a teaser. For, so I, I I suspect the story.
0: I was both Dave and I were talking before we started recording that probably sometime in the future there'll be a special edition that will have uh, commentaries and extras and uh, um you know we, we, I mean it's it's probably a sure bet that Literally, we'll see that
3: there are no extras I mean there's not even a, there's not even a stills gallery there are no commentaries you can pick selected scenes but I think they they really wanted to get this out and. Um, Don't forget this. I mean, uh, it was sold out when I first went to get it. But this and uh, Web of Fear were dominating
0: uh, iTunes. When yes, it, first it, was
3: came out. Were it was great. It was great really seeing
0: Doctor Who, Black and White Doctor Who, sports, in, in the top ten of the TV. You know, because um, iTunes will give you like the top ten uh, listings of uh, popular episodes. You know, that's currently um, available on iTunes, and seeing Black and White Doctor Who in that top ten, along with um, uh, the, I don't know the, the pretty. Well, popular I'll
3: tell you, It says here. Yeah, following its release the two top spots on the iTunes download chart seals, following and also the newly recovered serial web of fear above Homeland and Breaking Bad
0: yeah that's the one that How I was thinking is that? about it. yeah that's um phenomenal yeah it's, it's
3: so I'm going to give it I'm going to give it four out of five TARDIS grounds. you could argue you know you've got to be in that frame of mind to watch it there's some um, some cheap cheap props used in it, but for the strength of the cast, uh, admittedly, uh, again, you've got to think, when they did this, they ha- the other performances that they're better known for, they hadn't yet done. But that still... Sh- I mean, one of the things that Doctor Who's always done, I think, is catch the cream of acting just as they're going, you know, they're breaking out. You know, think of uh, Carrie Mulligan in... Um, um, in the blink mm-hmm. episode, yeah. her, 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 now her, you know, her career has gone stratified in films and uh, in Hollywood and so on. But it was all there on the screen when you saw her act. Sure. But the point is that you know, uh, I, I, and then you have the other side of the coin where you have veteran actors who want to come on and do a cameo, so they can tell the grandkids, "Yes, I was in Dot two. You know, they, they may have done, they may have done all these brilliant films. And then the, the, they'll go and see the grandkids and they say, hey, you're on Doctor Who. The very fact that they've been on Lawrence of Arabia, this, that, and the other, they <laughs> not mean <laughs> anything. They've been in Doctor Who, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. that's that, that, that okay. So I'm going to give it a, a, a very strong four out of five TARDIS grounds.
0: Oh, very good. Well, uh, I, I thought this was, um, as I said before, I thought it was uh, a great um, ingenious storytelling and acting here. I think, uh, Patrick Troughton did an outstanding job playing two characters in it. This is not a traditional Doctor Who story in a sense that there's no, doc, no traditional quote, traditional Doctor Who monsters in it. You know, there's no, even though the Yeti is mentioned, there's no Yeti, there's no, um, you know, Ice Warriors, there's no Cybermen, the, the, the villain here outside, you know, besides the mistrust and backstabbing and all that is um, is, is Salamander in a sense. And I think it was, um, you know, it was bold for them to have Patrick Troughton playing both the villain and the hero in in the same story. You know, I don't know. You know, uh, I know. What was it? Um Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, I know some people gave that flack with um, because at one point in, in that story, Harrison Ford, who plays Indiana Jones, turns and he's not, you know, and, and, and they thought that might um, cast a bad thing on kids watching it. And, you know, I, I think they discredit the intelligence of children watching it. You know, they they know what's going on in the story. And I think the same thing applies here. But this does prove that a good Doctor Who story doesn't have to have scary monsters in it all the time. It do, you don't have to, you know... Yes, I know it's traditional and, and everyone, you know, it, it, it's that Doctor Who, you know, you're, you're watching it from behind the, the sofa and all that, but it doesn't mean that every story has to have a scary element in it or, or a um, you know, a monster in it. You know, we we spoke when we did the review of of the Matt Smith's error and we spoke about the, the Vincent van Gogh story and how we, I think mm. we were pretty much in sync in saying that it didn't need a monster and the story was strong enough without it, you know, but it, it felt like, you know, they had to throw that in, in order to be a doctor who story. But I'm saying it doesn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be in it. You don't always have to have a monster, a, 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 you know, that type of monster in it. So this has no, you know, th- there were no Cybermats, There were no, you know, it was really just the story and the, and 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 the the, the villainous and backstabbing of, of of Salamander, really. And and I thought it was like I said, I, I think it was bold having Patrick Trouton playing both roles. He did an excellent job in it. I really liked it. I I thought, um, like I said, I was on the edge of my seat. What, uh, you know, at the end of each episode, I was looking forward to the next. You know, and and I, as I said in the beginning of our review, it it does. Um, it is a turning point in the series, as far as um, as, as technically, as far as um, who's producing and, and 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 so forth. And um, so I'm gonna I'm giving it five out of um, five TARDIS Growns. Oh, uh, excellent! Yeah, I, I well really well done. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, yeah, it well, does have well, its faults. Yeah, I don't, it I does don't have its wobbly out. sets yeah. and all that, but I, I can look past that and just enjoy the storytelling in it. And to me, that's really this was. Um, this The highlight in this really is the storytelling and the acting.
3: Right. Well, the, the viewers at the time uh, stayed with it like that. So, again, just looking at the viewing figures, it starts off 6.8 million, then 7.6, 7.1, 7.8, 6.9, and then the final episode, 8.3. So, I mean, even even the dip is only just slightly below 7 million so it basically retained its audience all the way through and um and then eight eight 8.3 million uh because then get yeah, you know you watched it and you watched it and if you didn't watch it you missed it
0: yeah this is yeah. one of those stories i think if you missed an episode or two you might be a little lost you know it's it's something that you really need to because there's a lot of um well maybe not necessarily but i you know there's a lot that goes on in each episode Right.
3: Yeah, you you could probably skip one. But yeah, Uh, I also think that uh, something like uh, the story Inferno uh, owes a lot to this sort Mm -hmm. of story. Although, you know, uh, the concept of having to, I mean, although that was a different premise, I, I still feel as though going to something like Inferno at a later date, you know, could do so after having something like this i, thought, I think it's good because I mean I mean it became after this it became a cliche didn't it in soaps you know um it was always you know, about evil twin oh, and not just in soaps we even had it with uh, with with data and so on, but yeah, yeah basically you know, exactly evil twin brother and this that and the other but in the, the, in the time this went out i don 't think that was a a particularly overused uh, at
0: all? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it, it was somewhat in, in American sitcoms with um, like Bewitched and I Dream of Jeannie. But it, here, I mean, I'm glad they didn't go that route. You know, Salamander and the Doctor had no relation whatsoever. It's just, it's just a bizarre coincidence. Okay, it may, it's a big leap of faith that you know that, that these two would be so similar that they would even convince their their, their best friends and 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 comrades. You know, um, it, you know Salamander's um, henchmen and all that. All you know when I. I,
3: I you haven't seen the picture of me and Colin Spall have you
0: (laughs) so maybe we should uh, shoot a story uh, with Colin there (laughs) And, and you yeah so there we go so if uh, we're again, we're assuming you've seen it if you've gotten this far. But if you haven't, it's something. It's a it's a great. Tra- I'm so glad they found it. You know, I'm so glad that this was recovered. And also, we uh, you know we'd be remiss by not giving some compliments and kudos to the restoration team, who I'm sure you know um, did the, you know the result of what we're seeing. You know, as far as how well it looks, you know they played a part in that as well.
3: Well, if you want to do a comparison and I should really do it myself, um uh, episode three of this uh was I think it was uh, on the Lost in Time yeah, One of them is yeah. set. Yeah, yeah um, in, in that in that and that was mm-hmm. the, the 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 episode that had been vid fired, hadn't they? Um that, mm-hmm. uh, with that with that technique that the restoration team is. So maybe I ought to go and uh, try running that through and see how it compares to this rendition of it.
0: Well, there was an article, and I, I know you know we um, I, I tweeted it out and um, you know and posted it on Facebook it was maybe about a couple of months ago about you know the restoration team and what they had to go through to you know to really uh, clean this these recovered episodes up, and it's they showed some examples of the original. Uh, you know, f- stock film that they had to work with and, uh, you know, and what they had, you know, they had to clean it up. There, there was some side-by-side, st- there they weren't videos, but they were still shots, still, um, you know, f- uh, um, shots that showed the comparison there. Uh, I guess if I if I re- find that article again, I'll put it on our website.
3: Yeah, episode three was released on VHS in the Troughton years, and then restored a Vidfire version was released on the DVD in 2004. So that's 10 years ago, blimey, in the Lost in Time box yes, set. Yes, yeah, I have that uh, set. In 2002, a CD, a remastered CD version of the audio was released with linking narration by Fraser Hines. But I've only got one thing to say to you about this podcast, Lewis. Which is? Are we at the end, Yeti? <laughs> <laughs> Did you
0: say jetty? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, let's hope they haven't jettisoned us yet. <laughs> I don't know if that was deliberate foreshadowing because the next story is uh the web of fear, which is um uh, which which has the yeti returning. So, I, I don't know if that was a, just a, a little taste of foreshadowing there, you know, that the the, the, drop, the doctor drops that in. <laughs> and
3: part of it takes place underground as well.
0: That's true. And we'll be reviewing that next time. So that's something to look forward to. So um, that's going to wrap up our review, but I do want to remind everyone that you can, um, if you want to let us know what you felt about the enemy of the world, if you've seen it, what what your take on that is, or anything about Doc 2, we want to hear it. You can send your feedback to us at feedback at podshock.net or... Or you can, um, you know, since this is an audio podcast, we always prefer audio um, if, whenever possible. You can call the Podshock Public Call Box at 206-337-4699. Again, that's 206-337-4699. And I do realize that sometimes that number changes. And that's unfortunately out of our control to some degree. Um if uh, you know you can always go to pachak.net and there's a tab there for feedback on the top and always you know check there before calling to get the up to date latest number if it did change if depending on when you're listening to this podcast uh or if you have a smartphone you can also just record most 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 smartphones include a voice memo feature so you can record a, um your message as a voice memo and just keep it down to about 3 minutes or so um, include your name, if possible, so we can refer to you as a name. And just send it to, uh, once you record it, email it to uh, feedback at net. And we want to hear, you know, again, it could be your take on the enemy of the world, or it could be anything um, related really to Doctor Who or, or, or you know, in any shape or form.
3: Yeah, so if you haven't sent any feedback yeti, it's time to do it.
0: <laughs> yes. Alright, well, uh you can also catch Dave on his unnamed podcast, which I'll name the Cultum Collective. They I spelled the beans. And you can catch him every Sunday at two PM Eastern time in the US. Uh if you don't catch it live, you can uh catch it on iTunes and other um various places where fine podcasts are found. Again, that's called the Cultum Collective. On iTunes it's Talk. And I'm not, not on iTunes. On TalkShoe, you can catch it live.
3: On, on Talkshow, it's call ID five four eight two one.
0: Thank you, Louis. Thank you. And um, and also, just um, I know some people are um, you know wondering about our live shows. We we have been doing live shows reviewing Doctor Who story, new Doctor Who stories. So when there's a new episode, usually the following Sunday after the new episode's out, we'll do a live review show. And there hasn't been any new Doctor Who since the well since the christmas um special so and the next one isn't due until august so uh we do have we and i mentioned this in our last show that we are working on doing more live shows maybe once a month doing on on a not a review show but on a, um on a different aspect of doctor who so there's a couple that we are um in the works right now and, and you know i was um the reason we haven't done it yet is because well, they're not quite yeti ready they're not yet yeti ready okay yes uh wait until we get to our next episode when the yeti is actually in the story (laughs) we have not yeti seen everything yet (laughs) well i bet it quit while i'm (laughs) ahead anyway so it's something to look forward to we'll we'll announce when we're doing the live show we'll we'll, uh, put it on our website and um you know announce it here and whatever so you'll be aware of it when when it's taking place Oh, it will probably be done on TalkShoot as well, just like the Cultum Collective, as we've done in the past. All right. right. So I think that's going to wrap things up. Once again, Dave, thank you for your participation. Um, it's always a delight and a pleasure. And um, thanks, um, Salamander, as well. Ah, yeah. See? I I, I can't do a Salamander voice. <laughs> <laughs>
3: No, I enjoyed that. I, I, uh, I do urge anybody, you know, if if they if they didn't jump straight ahead and get the iTunes uh, version, um, you know, get the uh, get the. D- d- although I, I think uh, one of the DVDs, the the release dates, as, as we said, in different countries are different, but um, certainly here in the UK, both Enemy of the World and Web of Fear are out, and I'm. Uh, I'm almost through Web of Fear now. I'll have to see if that's got any extras on it now, won't I? But (laughs) you'll have to tune in next week, our next podcast, to see if uh, Podshot
0: covers that. So we'll we'll, we'll know then. All right. Well, um, I guess that's it then. I guess guess that's it for everything. Um, Until next time, cheers, everyone. Cheers. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Dr. Who Podshock, presented to you by the fanrun run Dr. Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Dr. Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Dr. Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at TheJeffSmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the PodChock Podcast Companion app now in the iTunes App Store. Visit ArtTrap.com for more information on this and other podcasts.
2: Hello, Australasian Zone? How much longer? Look, don't talk to me about sunspots. What? Well, the Central European zone. Please don't worry about procedure. This is urgent. Connect me.
5: That might be her now. Yes?
2: Hello. Giles? This is me, Astrid.
5: Right, let's have it. What's happening?
2: Everything's gone fine so far.
5: Speak up. We can't hear you very well. Oh, it's these
2: spots.
5: Oh, she's having spot trouble. Oh, yes. Right, how is the plan working so far?
2: It's gone fine. Uh, The rocket arrived right on time in Hungary, and Jamie's got his entrance pass and has started phase one.
5: Uh, Do you think the boy can handle it?
2: Well, I hope so. My goodness, they're a pretty odd lot though, aren't they?
5: Uh, Well, actually, the doctor's with me right now.
2: Oh, I am sorry. Oh, no, I'm sure they'll be fine.
5: Uh, What news of Denish? We must keep him posted as to what is happening.
2: It's all right. We've contacted and we've arranged to meet.
5: Be careful.
1: He is pretty well known.
2: Oh, don't worry. We've... uh, I suggested that we meet under a disused jetty by the river.
1: Disused jetty? No, no, no. Jetty, jetty.